This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. BSBOT episode 17, I believe. Uh, we have our uh, our good friend and co-worker, James Myrtle, on the show. He's the editor-in-chief of The Athletic Canada. James, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I can't thank you enough, but there's so much talk going on right now between the, the Leafs and the New York Rangers. There's been a lot of hypothetical rumors. There's been a lot of players tossed, uh, names tossed back and forth. And you wrote an article about the interest in Georgiev for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, could you expand a little bit more on that? And uh, what is the current situation or the front with the Leafs and uh, their interest in Georgiev? Well, I mean, there is some interest. They like the player. Uh, it's just that I don't, the talks haven't really progressed that far because what the Rangers want is quite a bit more than what the Leafs want to give up. So it, it's hard to forecast right now if, if this is going to move forward or not. You know, like it could, that could just be it. You know, the talks could be that the Rangers want what they want and the Leafs don't want to pay that and that's it. So, but there is interest in the player. I mean, you know, the Leafs have been having problems with their backup goaltending. I mean, going back really to midseason last year with Garrett Sparks when he was the backup and they've needed to get some depth at the position for a long time now. And um, you look at what's happening with, with the Leafs starter, Frederick Anderson. I mean, now they're starting to have problems uh, in goal, not just with the backup, but also with their starter. And they really could use someone else to lean on. So we'll see what happens here. I mean, we're a month out from the trade deadline. Um, if the goaltending cont- continues to be an issue, then that could put a lot of pressure on Kyle Dubas to make a trade. James, once upon a time, many, many months ago, uh Ryan and I started talking about Georgiev to the Leafs as a possibility just because it seemed to have made a lot of sense. And the player we had focused on at that time was Jeremy Bracco because we were thinking backup goalie, Georgiev, goalie trade market in season, a little bit more volatile than every other position. Bracco, a guy blocked by um, just higher skilled players in front of him. And then Georgiev goes on this little run where he becomes all of a sudden a little bit more valuable on the open market than we would have imagined. What in your mind, I know you touched on this in your article, but what do you think is just straight up fair value for Georgiev right now? If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. I often, when you see um, inexperienced backup goaltenders traded, the return is not, super substantial you know Rangers fans would have seen you know when Cam Talbot was moved or the one that that I often think of mostly because the Leafs were involved and and because I covered them at this time was when they acquired Jonathan Bernier from LA Um, and they gave up a second round pick and and two prospects kind of like I would call them B-level prospects in in Ben Scrivens and Matt Fratton who really didn't end up amounting to that much uh, the rest of their careers um, that was a trade for Jonathan Bernier. Jonathan Bernier was a first-round pick, I believe 13th overall. He had really good numbers. He had only played 60 NHL games, and the Leafs were requiring him to be their starter the next season. So 
that gives you an indication a little bit in kind of what the trade value is for goaltenders that haven't played a lot. And Georgiev is, you know, undrafted. He hasn't, he's only started 60 NHL games. Um, and what we've seen from goaltenders is that it's, it's, it's hard to evaluate them when you haven't seen them play that much in the NHL. You know, we would really need to see Georgiev play, you know, double what he's at right now to have a better sense of what he's going to be. And that's a tough thing if the Rangers are trying to get a, a good established NHL player for him is that that's very difficult to do. And the one complication that other teams were saying to me with, with him is that with the expansion draft coming uh, a year from now, you know, teams are reticent, reluctant to, to give up an asset for a goaltender that they're not going to be able to protect in the expansion draft. So that's something that, that makes potentially moving him a little bit more difficult as well. So far, we've watched Georgiev. Uh, I guess we're biased, right? So we watch and cover the team. He's been, there's been a lot of talk of, hey, can the Rangers keep Georgiev and Igor moving forward? And what do they do with Hank? How are, uh, I know you're, you cover the Leafs, but I'm sure you've heard of the Henrik Lundqvist situation. What has been your take on the three goalie tandem in the New York Rangers? Well, I've seen three goalie tandems lots, you know, in covering the NHL. And it's not a situation that you want to be in for too long. It makes practices difficult. It makes getting guys enough game action difficult. And the situation you run in is that it's hard to get them all enough action for them to be comfortable. You know, different goalies are have different temperaments. You know, some play better when they play a lot. Some can play the backup role and play once every two weeks and still play well. Um, but for the most part, you got to keep guys relatively fresh. Uh, you don't want to be putting guys in situations where they're not playing for two and a half weeks or three weeks. And, and, and the practice ice that they're getting and the shots that they're getting in, in, in their workouts aren't, aren't adequate either. So there's only two nets on the ice in practice. And, um, there's only usually one goalie coach out there as well. So, you know, for, as an organization, you don't want to be carrying three goalies long-term and the Rangers are in a tough situation because, you know, Lundqvist is the face of the franchise. I mean, he's, he's a legend and he's got one more year left on his deal. You know, it's, he's played his entire career there. It's not as if you're going to, going to trade him. Um, So it, it feels like they're a little bit stuck. Um, in a perfect world, yeah, you've got the two guys that you could you could count on and move forward with, but they're not in that perfect world. I mean, I, I, unless Lundqvist is is going to retire at the end of this season, I, I I'm not sure I see an out for them here to to keep everybody. Yeah, it, it, there's no indication that he's going to retire. I, from where you sit, it's it's something that I think half of Rangers Twitter gets super frustrated about because the other half is saying Lundquist is the guy that has to go without taking into consideration all the factors. You can't actually foresee a situation where the Rangers move on from Hank before his contract runs out, right? I mean, it feels like that would be a messy divorce, wouldn't it? I I don't know. He's the kind of guy that in an ideal world, the team gets I love Henrik Lundqvist. He's he's been. I, I got to cover him. I was there when they were in the Stanley Cup final, and you know, I, I've got so much respect for him as you know a person and a player and a personality in the game and whatever. And I think there's a lot of people around the game that would love to see the Rangers get competitive. And even if he is in the backup or a tandem role, that you know, there's one last run for Lundqvist and one last push 
um, for him to to finally get a chance to win again. And I don't know; these situations are really difficult. Like we went through it in Toronto with Patrick Marlowe being here, and and, and you know he had one year left on his deal, and they he essentially was pushed out, you know, and and the money wasn't equivalent to what the value he was providing. And he got bought out by Carolina and went back to San Jose on a a really cheap contract. And it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when players are under contract and they get older and they're not able to contribute what, what they used to. And I don't know what's going to happen in New York. I mean, if there was a situation where Lundqvist says, I want to go and play for a contender, I don't know. I mean, but you look at, the cap hit and the contract and everything. And I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation. It's a really tough situation. I think the best play probably would have been <clears throat> to convince one of the younger goalies that, Hey, I like, I know this isn't great, but we need you to suck it up and play in the AHL right now. That, that, that would have been the only way they could, I think could have played this differently. Unfortunately, that time has passed. Uh, Igor uh, had an out clause to the KHL. Georgiev can no longer pass through waivers. And then as we already just discussed, Henrik Lundqvist. So now that we've come to a, uh, the terms that we are in sort of a, between a rock and a hard place, doesn't that sort of give the Leafs leverage? Because the Rangers, well, have to. Well, they don't have to. They can keep three goalies all season. But you just stated why that would be a negative or have a negative impact on a team. Doesn't that give the least leverage to trade maybe a lesser package uh, if if that does come to uh, come to a head by trade deadline? Yeah, potentially. I mean, the Rangers can wait till the off season. You know, it's it's not it's not ideal, but I just I'm not sure they're going to get a whole lot more in the summer as opposed to right now. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of goalies that are going to unrestricted free agency. There's going to be guys that have a longer track record and that you can count on more readily to be a number one right away. Um, you know, I talked, I talked to the executives around the league about George Evan, like they're high in them. Like they, they, they see the potential there. They, they see possibly this is going to be a guy who's going to be a number one, but the difference between if you're a GM with a team and you need to make a bet on someone to be your number one, a lot of them are going to lean towards guys that have more of a track record. And there's a lot of those names that are going to be going UFA. You know, Robin Lehner is going to be a guy that, that a lot of teams I'm sure are going to be talking about. And so the Rangers aren't really in that number one goalie market with Georgiev. Not yet. Like he just, he just hasn't established himself like that. And you look at what backups have been traded for historically, and it's, it's not a lot. So the, the, their decisions are, to trade for a package of, of future assets. It doesn't have to be Bracco. It could be other prospects. It could be draft picks. It could be, or to wait and, and hopefully, you know, potentially get more in the summer, but I'm not sure that there's going to be more there. Do you think it helps the Rangers at all, or does it ease other teams' minds that may be acquiring Georgiev that they can look back at the Rangers turning Cam Talbot and Auntie Ranta into kind of unheralded backups that became guys teams can lean on to start meaningful hockey games. Does that, does it help at all that the Rangers have this track record of developing young goalies that do have success even after they leave New York? I don't think it hurts. I mean, the Rangers, whatever they're doing and how they're scouting goalies is it's obviously working. You know, it's, 
And that's a great skill to have. Like Anaheim did that for years where they were able to find, you know, Gibson and Anderson and Jonas Hiller. And, you know, they did a great job of that. And like, what a pillar for your organization if you can be a team that can find those guys. And yeah, I mean, their track record obviously is very good. And, you know, the tough thing, they're not really getting the full benefit of those guys, right? Because if, if you could prove that they're all number one goalies and then you could trade them for a number one goalie return every time, that would really bolster your organization. The tough thing is it's it's difficult to do that with goaltenders because team GMs want to see the guy be a number one goalie before they, they trade number one goalie assets for him. So, but yeah, I mean, if, if I'm another team, I'd probably think that, oh, here's the latest you know, Rangers prospect that's coming in and playing well. So what's what is the package that I guess you and other Leaf fans would be comfortable giving up? Well, I'll clarify, I'm not a Leafs fan, so oh, my, po- my apologies. I'll, I'll say that first of all, yeah. Um, I can speculate on what I think the team would be comfortable giving up, and that's something that's probably not an impact player off the current roster. You know, they're not the Leafs are in a win now mentality right now. Their, their window is open. Um, they're pushing to try and make the playoffs and, um, they want to do some damage in the playoffs. So I think they're going to be really reluctant to give up anything that they feel like is going to hurt their chances in the playoffs, you know, and they're going to be in tough in their division to go up against either Boston or Tampa likely in the first round. So, you know, I, like I said, I think it's a futures package. You know, I think you look at, and the Leafs have a strong base of players in the American Hockey League and their prospect base. Um, if, if if I'm the Rangers, I I ask for some of their their best prospects, and you know I can see why some teams potentially have soured on Bracco. You know he's only got three goals this year, and it's pretty clear that you know the Leafs have had lots of injuries, and he's Bracco's not a guy that they've called up and and wanted to rely on. I think it's pretty clear that he's uh, on the outs in the organization and the Leafs have a ton of depth at right wing. There's not really anywhere, any place for him to play. Um, So, you know, if I'm the Rangers, potentially I look at some of the other options that they've got in terms of prospects. And the interesting thing to me with a potential Leafs Rangers trade is if the Rangers decide they're sellers and they can expand this trade to include more pieces then I think that the conversation maybe gets a little bit more, it gets more complicated, but it might also make more sense because the Leafs need more than just a backup goalie right now. Yeah. Let's, why, why don't we, why don't we pull at that string a little bit? Say, say we get to a point where this deal is Georgiev and maybe Tony D'Angelo going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. What, what, what yeah. are we looking at there? Well, you know, it comes down to, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the Leafs do need to improve on, on the back end. There's no question. And they're in trouble right now with Muzzin and, and Morgan Riley out. You know, they're missing their two best defensemen. And we're getting a long look at some of their young guys. And, you know, I, I'm they're going to come to the conclusion. Basically, the, you know, the whole two and a half years that, that Kyle Dubas has been the GM, um, they've been looking for defensemen. And they added Muzzin and they added Tyson Berry. And they're still looking for defensemen. And they still potentially could could – make a big trade here in the next month. And if it's D'Angelo, then I, I could see D'Angelo potentially being someone that would intrigue Kyle Dubas just because of the skill elements involved there. And, you know, the, the thing that the Leafs would have to make sure they could 
fit is the cap implications of bringing him in. Um, but I think that if that's something that the Rangers are willing to do, I think that it gets a little bit more interesting and it moves the conversation beyond just, you know, give us Janssen or Kapanen for Georgiev, which I, I, I just don't see that happen ever happening. So, but something that potentially could involve the Leafs giving up a roster players if they're getting one back. Speaking of Janssen, um, I, I was told to ask you, a lot of people, at least that I've discussed with, have said he's a product of his line mates. Um, what are the Leafs' feelings on him, and is he someone that could be had possibly in the future, like if we did sort of, uh, some sort of package deal with Tony D'Angelo and Georgiev? I really like Andreas Janssen, to be honest. I mean, he's like a really good utility player that can play up and down the lineup. He can facilitate uh, really good players, but also, you know, when he played on the third and fourth lines, you know, he was a good initiator as well. And he's a guy, a seventh round pick that just kept getting better and better and better in the minors. And to the point where, you know, he's played with Austin Matthews. He's played with John Tavares. He's, I think that that's more of a credit to him that he's able to earn those minutes, given how competitive it is for jobs on the Leafs with how many good forwards they have. Um, so, like, you know, Janssen can be a guy that can kill penalties really well. You can put him on the power play. He's played on the Leafs' top power play unit in the past. Um, and he can be a guy that, you know, if you want him just to be a third-line guy and, and play some special teams, he's not going to put up a ton of points, but he's going to be a valuable player. But if you play him with good players, and there's a lot of teams around the league that are thin on left wing, um, he can be a guy that can put up some offense. He had 20 goals last year, and I think that that's, that's a good spot for him. But one of the reasons why the Leafs potentially could move on is just, like I said, their, their cap situation's tough. And they've had a lot of young players surprisingly push in for spots like Pierre Engvall and Ilya Mikheyev. And they've, they're, they're really, really deep up front. And I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to need to move one of their forwards that makes a little bit of money. So that would be Janssen or Kapanen or maybe Alex Kerfoot and potentially reallocate some of that money onto defense next year. The main reason why we end up on conversations like these is because we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team many around the NHL expects to be a perennial, not just playoff contender, but one of the few teams that could actually challenge for a Stanley Cup. And this year, it's just not happening. Babcock's out, Keefe's in, team's been playing better under Keefe, but they're still on the outside looking in. We're, we're not actually thinking of a scenario where the Leafs don't make the playoffs, right? I mean, it's possible. You know, I think that if you look at the odds on the athletic today, I think they're somewhere in the kind of mid 70s percentage chance to make the playoffs. So there's certainly I, I, the biggest concern right now is the goaltending that they're getting. Like if Frederick Anderson, if Frederick Anderson's on his game and he's an above average number one goaltender, um, which he has been for long stretches in Toronto, then there's no question in my, my mind that they make the playoffs but they've had a ton of injuries this year. Not as much as Pittsburgh, but they, you know, the Leafs are up there third or fourth in the league in man games lost to injury and their goaltending has been, has been bad. So, you know, you can, we can talk about who's coaching and, you know, who's on what line and which defensemen are out. But if, if they're getting goaltending, that's, you know, eight ninety save percentage over a long period of time, that's a problem. And that's what I said. I mean, if, if that continues over the next, two, three weeks leading into the trade deadline, there's going to be a lot more pressure on the Leafs to try and do something in goal. And that could be 
potentially working in the Rangers' favor. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens here. This is just why the Georgiev uh, package and whatever the Leafs put together just makes way too much sense. Because the Rangers are stuck, like we said. They, they're they in a situation they, that's not really tenable for the rest of the season. And they can do it. It's not impossible. And then if if the pressure's on on, on the Leafs, that it just makes too much sense for it to not happen. I just don't see a way... And like you said, the talks haven't really advanced, but I just don't see a way they don't advance in the next three weeks at all. And maybe I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more conversations. I just, I, if the Leafs goaltend turns around, they're probably going to look at it and be like, Anderson's fine. Michael Hutchinson's barely going to play. Like the Leafs only have, I think they have four, maybe five back-to-back games left. Um they could potentially just lean really hard on Anderson and, and, you know, the backup goaltending just isn't a huge factor for them the rest of the way. I mean, that's, it's possible that that happens, but as I said, if, if the goaltenders both continue to struggle the next little while, that puts a lot more pressure on Kyle Dubas to do something and, and to say, you know what, this isn't going to work because they came into the year thinking Anderson and Hutchinson was going to be fine and the goaltending wasn't going to be an issue. And since mid December, it's been a big time issue. Just help us take the blinders off because as as guys who get stuck just narrowed it on the Rangers. Is there a scenario where the Leafs is there another option out there for the Leafs if they wanted to address the goalie situation and they decided to move on from this price? Well, I mean Pittsburgh's got sort of a three goalie situation, except Casey DeSmith's been down with the minors. So, you know, that's been someone that I'm trying to think. I, I wrote a piece on The Athletic. I think we're going back two months now looking at all the different backup options around the league. There's Jack Campbell in L.A. Potentially could be someone they could look at. Um, there are options. Georgiev is the best one by far. He's got upside. The thing that Leafs need to think about, too, is that they need a backup next year. They, do, they don't really have anyone in the system that makes sense. And they need to start thinking about, are we going to re-sign Frederick Anderson to a big contract after next season when his deal's up? Or are we going to move on and try and find a new number one goaltender? And if you can get Georgiev in now or in the summer, gives him a whole year as a backup to evaluate him. And maybe at the end of that year, you're like, you know what? We think this guy can be our number one or he can be part of a tandem for us. So the thing I like about trying to get Georgiev is I think that he can be part of the solution for the Leafs long term, not just for like this little bit of the stretch at the end of the season. So, you know, it's that, that that's, that's kind of where they're at on that. Sort of how we feel too, and that's that's our that's we are Ranger fans, and it's that's the fear of trading Georgiev because he could go to become a number one goaltender, and maybe he goes to yeah. become better than Igor, and then you let the kid the kid who is younger than Igor go, and now now what? Well, now the, now he's yeah. a starting goalie for the, the Leafs. No, Leafs fans know all about that because you know at one point they had the two goalies of the future in their system. One of them was Tuka Rask. And one of them was Justin Pogge. And Justin Pogge was uh, probably not, maybe not a lot of fans remember that name around the NHL, but, you know, he was seen as a rising star. He played for Canada at the World Junior Tournament, played really, really well. And the Leafs decided to go with the Canadian kid and they traded Tuka Rask for, to, to Boston for Andrew Raycroft in one of the most disastrous trades in franchise history. And now they get to face Tuka Rask all the time and they get to lose to him in the playoffs. So, it's it's tough. It's it's really really hard with goalies because you don't know what they are. Like it, it, even people that are close to the game, even like it's it it's it's hard. And it's why guys that are as good as Georgiev or 
David Riddich in Calgary or go down the list, those guys didn't even get drafted. You know, you can get drafted into your, you know, your twenties and no one picked those guys. And it's because it's hard to see who the, who are going to be the great number one goaltenders at a young age and who aren't. And, you know, we're at the point where we're, we're still asking that question. We're still not sure who they are. It's going to be interesting. I, I, it's, I, it's just one of those situations where the two teams just make too much sense to make a trade. So it's, it's always, when you get those situations, it's, it's fun to fantasize and Lord knows we've spent the last two years trying to think of what the New York Rangers could get in trade returns for guys like Kevin Hayes, Chris Kreider, Matt Zuccarello, Rick Nash, you go down the line. I don't think we've ever had a situation where it's just so clear and obvious that a team with Stanley Cup aspirations like the Toronto Maple Leafs needs more goalie depth, not just this year, but in the future. And a team like the New York Rangers, where they're still probably a year too early before their window officially opens, just have too many young goalies. And it's it's I it's fascinating because this is how these conversations happen. Where before the season started, if you told me that we would even talk about a guy like Happening or Janssen being on the table for Georgiev, I would have thought just insanity happened or something terrible happened in Toronto or one of those guys fell off a cliff. But th- this is how it happens. It's just you get to a point where two teams one has one has surplus, the other has surplus, and they both. Those puzzle pieces just fit, and I, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens over the next three weeks, to say the least. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, and I don't know if there's going to be another suitor that emerges for Georgia or not, but you know, maybe they are still looking at each other in another three or four weeks, and they find a way to get this done. And you know, there's there's probably a way that this works out for both teams. You know, if the Rangers pick the right package of picks or prospects. You know they can get players that they're happy with, and the Leafs are happy with with the goaltender that they get. It's that's why it's a negotiation, right? Because they gotta yeah. they gotta both try and get get what they want out of this. But that that's an important point you made. It's the other teams that could possibly want Georgiev. It doesn't like the San Jose Sharks are having such a difficult year, and they're in such yeah. a difficult cap situation where you can see them saying, "We're just gonna wait until the off season and figure out goalie." Then um, yeah. Vegas. I don't think Vegas has necessarily the young pieces the Rangers would want, even if they wanted to go picks and prospects uh, because of all the moves they've made to get Pacioretty and Stone over the last two years. So they're, they're a little dry on the depth end that they could be in the dis- discussion for Georgiev. And then you look at teams like, like the Nashville Predators aren't going to trade for a goalie midseason. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them. So it's, it really is this just perfect intersection of it fills a leaf a, a need for the Leafs, a team that is on the fringes of the playoff discussion. We expect to get back into the playoff picture, and it fills a need for the Rangers, a team one year too early in their playoff projection that still desperately needs forward depth. And here, yeah. this is this is where we end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Leafs have lots of interesting forward depth that's not Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen, too. So, you know, that could be, you know, it, it'll be it'll be fascinating to see what happens here. James, uh, thank you so much for taking the time this morning to talk to us. Uh, Greg, any final questions before we let our, our dear friend here go? Uh, I believe the defense rests. All right, I think so. Uh, thank you for providing us <laughs> with some insight. If you want to plug, uh, I mean, obviously, the athletic, 
you guys knew where you were already. Uh, anything else? Anything other columns coming out soon or anything like that? Oh yeah, well we're all in. We're going to be all in on trade deadline stuff here. So, and I think the Leafs are going to be active. So, you know, if uh, even if you're a Rangers fan, check out our Rangers coverage. Check out our Leafs coverage. Check out the NHL page too, because we got lots of good stuff there, including the player polls that are going up this week. Tons of good stuff, and you can follow James on Twitter at Myrtle. James, thanks so much for follow, uh, hanging out with us today. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.